Today we are finding ourselves in Ephesians chapter 6 and we've been on this journey through this book and it's been phenomenal as we've looked at Ephesians 6. I mean, uh, from the jump, Paul gives us in chapter 1 these spiritual blessings in Christ and uh, it tells us who we are, how we're found in Him, redeemed in Him, that we once were in darkness, but God. But God, while we were in this dark place, far from Him, separated from Him, He chose to redeem us out of that darkness. And that is into His marvelous light in Christ. And that's what Paul's writing about, this in Christ. We are, we are in Christ. We're found in Him, though we live maybe in South Haven or somewhere in DeSoto or Marshall or Tate County. But we're still in Christ. And that's what we get to to learn about today is how do we live this life in Christ. And so uh, last week we talked about uh, walking this walk worthy of our calling, and that is a walk that is humble, that we submit, that we get low and we lift others up, that we're not lording over people, but that we're getting low and we're serving one another, and how that's a beautiful uh, thing in the church body among brothers and sisters of Christ, but not only that, in the house of uh, marriage of husband and wife and how we get low and we lift each, other's up, lift each other up. It was a beautiful time. And, and Paul would finish out that thought of talking about children and, and bond servants and how they should operate uh, because that was relevant to talk about uh, slavery during that time. And um, as you read that, we're not going to get into that today, uh, but I want you to know that, that their concept of servants and bond servants and all that were different than what Western slavery looked like. Okay, It was not the same idea. So uh, when you read and you're like, well, they, they're promoting slavery? No, no, no. Actually, uh, th- this was the beginning of starting to abolish what we know as slavery. And so Paul was laying a foundation uh, of saying that we're all one in Christ. We're all equal in Christ. And, uh, and so anyways, I want you to know that as you maybe on your own read uh, the beginning of chapter 6. And that's where we're going to start is in chapter 6. But I want us to go to verse 10 for our reading today. And we're going to read several verses. Um, These are not uncommon to us. We've actually talked on this passage a couple of times, but there is a detail in there that I've I've missed every time, and it just jumped off the page this time, and this is what what we're going to talk about. But I want us to uh, read a full passage to get the understanding of what's going on here. And I know you've stood a lot, but this is the most important thing to stand for, and that's the Word of God. Can we stand on our feet today one more time, if you're able As you find yourself in Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to start in verse 10. This is Paul to the church, and he says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as the shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation, 
and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for I, which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Father, we thank you for this word. Lord, we ready our hearts, position ourselves, speak to us today, teach us today. We want to learn and grow, mature, walk worthy of this calling. And so, Lord, we are not hearers of the word only, we're also doers of the word. And so, Lord, teach us how to apply this to our life. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, you can be seated today. Now, this passage, as I mentioned, is popular. We preached on it twice this year, actually, uh, back in April as we talked about uh, spiritual armor and then spiritual warfare. Uh, Matter of fact, uh, we're covering some of this on our Wednesday nights as we talked about spiritual beings. As you read some of this and you're like, who are these cosmic rulers? Who are these principalities and powers? I would encourage you to jump in on a Wednesday night as we dive in to the spiritual beings in in the Bible and what they are and what their role is. Uh, And I also want to let you know that you can catch that on our podcast. So on Spotify, on Apple, even Pandora has it where you can type in Cornerstone, South Haven, and you can catch our Wednesday night studies and our Sunday morning via podcast. I would encourage you uh, to do that. But we see here in Ephesians chapter 6 that Paul's given us a goal, and that goal is that we would stand firm, that we would be able to stand. Now, why is he wanting us to stand? Because there's a battle. And we don't always want to talk about the battle. We don't always want to talk about the fight. We don't always want to acknowledge that. But it's the truth. It's the reality is that we as followers of Christ are in a battle. And we are to be engaging in that battle. We're to be standing strong in this battle. And so we see Paul shift in his, in his writings. He was talking about how we, need, we were children and we need to mature. But now he's talking about we're soldiers and we need to fight. And so now he's addressing the church in military terms, and he's telling them, okay, you need to be a soldier. He's giving them these imperatives of how we should should be and fight as a soldier. And so we see that Paul's given us a strategy to stand. He doesn't just leave us and say, okay, you need to stand firm, and then he ends the book. No, no, he gives us a strategy of what it looks like for us as followers of Christ to stand to stand firm in the face of adversity, to stand firm when we're engaging in this battle. And so we're going to look at what it means to stand. If I was to ask you today what the strategy was, most of us would immediately say, well, put on the armor of God. That's the strategy. And I would tell you that that's partially true. But there is a detail in the text that I myself oftentimes skip over because I'm ready to fight. So give me the tools, give me the weapons, give me everything that I, that I need because I'm ready to engage in this battle. And the Lord just showed me this so that it was like, I'm missing a key element to this. Like, this is the instruction manual and I just skipped a step. And I don't know about you, but maybe you're like me. When you go to put something together, you're like, instructions? And you throw them away, right? You're like, I got this. And then you get down to the last step and you've got more tools left more screws left more pieces left and you're like this isn't good right and uh and that that's how we can be a lot of times we can just hit some high points skim through this and say let's go and we forget some vital things and so let's don't get hyper focused 
on this today. I want us to see that for us to be able to stand, for us to be able to engage in this spiritual battle, first, we must be strong. And so the title of today's message is what I want us all to be, and that's strengthened for battle. I want us to be strengthened for battle. Notice that Paul says in our text, he says, be strong in the Lord and strength in the strength of his might. So be strong in the Lord. Before he says put on anything or to take up anything, he says be strong in the Lord. And so this isn't a, a self-help statement. This isn't something that we just declare by faith and it just happens. When we say be strong in the Lord, that is a command. Remember, we're soldiers. Paul's now using military terms, and he's using imperatives. And he's saying, be strong in the Lord. That is a command that you must take action in order to receive this strength. And so uh, we want to make sure that we are strong to be able to pick up and be able to put on. Notice the details in the language that Paul uses. He's telling us, pick it up, put it on, take on these things. Well, it requires strength. You're going to have to be able to physically pick these things up. I don't know if you're familiar with Roman uh, soldiers and the, and the armor that they used, but it was very, very heavy. And so you could be the best fighter. You could be the smartest. You could be the best at whipping a sword around, throwing a spear. You, what, it doesn't matter. If you are weak physically, if you're not strong, you can't pick up the weapons. You can't pick up the, the armor and put it on. And think about David and Goliath, right? He tried to put on the armor, but it didn't work. He couldn't do it. It's the same concept. If we, as a Christian, are going to be strong in the Lord, then we've got to work out some things. We've got to get bigger in some things. If we're going to fight in this battle, then we can't do it on our own strength. We have to be strong in the Lord. So that's what Paul here is telling us. First and foremost, we have to be strong. We've, he's, God's given us the weapons, He's given it to us, and now he's saying, first, be strong in the Lord. Be able to use this weapon. Be able to pick it up and do what I created it to do. I don't know about you, but this word right here is life-changing for me. This word is powerful. This is a weapon that God has given us. This word, this word right here raises people from the dead. This word casts out demons. This word is soul-saving. It's sick healing. It's Holy Spirit feeling, and I want to be strong enough spiritually to use it, to pick it up and to fight the battles, to have that sword of the Spirit, which we just read, is the Word of God. And so I want to be able to pick this up. And so Paul, he starts by saying, finally, be strong in the Lord. And so today, we're going to zoom in on verse 10. And we're going to talk about verse 10 because there are some things in this verse that if we just skim over it, we miss it. Everything hinges on being strong. If we want to use the armor that God's given us, we've got to be strong enough to put it on. If we want to engage in this battle and be able to stand, we've got to be strong enough to stand. And so there's this thing about strength that Paul is saying. And so today, I just really want to break it down over these next few minutes. Just break down some of these words so that we get a good picture and understanding of what Paul's actually saying to the church at Ephesus. And so... When he uses the word finally there in verse 10, he says finally. We would think that he's summing things up. He's getting ready to wrap it up. But actually, that word right there is not just sum things up. This is I'm saving the most important thing to, to the last. I am waiting 
until I get through everything I need to say. Now this is the most important. I'm saving the best for last, so to speak. He's saying that if you don't remember anything else, remember this. And as we heard in the summary, there's a lot of cool, cool and incredible things that God has done for us. And so for Paul to say, remember this, this must be of some importance to us. And so he's saying, be strong in the Lord. Finally, don't forget it. Be strong in the Lord. And now when he says, be strong in the Lord, he's not talking about human strength. We can't automatically think that, oh, I need to be physically strong to do this. This is not our own strength. We can't confuse it with that. It is somebody else's strength. It is not of ourself. And if we're thinking, well, how can I be strong off of somebody else's strength? Like, how does that work? Like, as they get stronger, I get stronger? Like, as Steve's biceps get bigger, then mine get bigger? Like, how does that work, you know? Well, what Paul's talking about when he's talking about strength is not outward strength. He's talking about inward strength. You see, I can be outwardly strong, and I can impress you with how much I can pick up, but when, when, when all hell breaks loose against my family, or when I get devastating news, or when the enemy attacks me, it doesn't matter how big my biceps are, I can fall to my knees and not be able to stand spiritually and not be strong on the inside. And that's what Paul's talking about. Paul's talking about that we need to be strong spiritually to withstand the battle that the enemy, because he's scheming. We read it. He's a schemer. He's a trickster. And so we need to make sure that we are soldiers that are strong on the inside. And as I look around the room today, I see those people that are in this room, and the enemy has attacked you on every side. The enemy has brought so much devastation to your family, and yet you still stand today. And it's not because you're outwardly strong, it's because you're inwardly strong. And that's what Paul's talking about today. That I might be pressed on every side. I might be carrying a heavy burden. I might be damaged a little bit, but I am not destroyed. I am not crushed. I am, I am still standing strong. And we want to learn that today. For all of us, we want to know how we can stand strong against the enemy, that we can have joy in the midst of chaos. And so Paul is going to teach us in this one verse, man, it's so powerful, how we can be successful in this. And so to understand this, we need to understand this word strong. I want to dive into this because we can often, often equate this word strong with physical strength. Our mind doesn't think really about anything else but physical strength when we think about strong, how strong you are. My, my son Azariah is obsessed right now with strength. Like, hey, Dad, can I, you think I can beat this person up? Get, Dad, you think I can win this arm wrestling match, even though he got smoked by the McCray kid the other day? Hey, he's like, he's like I, I want to be strong, Dad. I want to do, you know, he's all about physical strength. And so we want to learn today not about physical strength, we want to see what Paul's talking about, inward strength. And so let's dive into be strong in the Lord. Strong here is actually two Greek words put together. And these two Greek words make up an incredible statement. It's en, en, and dynamo, dynamo. It's, it's en, en, and dynamo. And that dynamo is a form of the popular Greek word dunamis. It's like where we get um, dynamite from. Okay, so en, en means to place in something, to place in a vessel or a container. 
Okay, you're, you're holding something. You are a reservoir to hold something. Well, then that dynamo is a force, a power. It is a picture. It's a picture of a whole army being put in something. When you put those two words together, it's a, the power and the force of a whole army, the strength of a whole army being put in one thing. And so catch what Paul is saying, led by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit's telling him what to write. And, and when we're talking about being strong in the Lord, he's saying that you can have the power, the strength of a whole army placed on the inside of one person, on the inside of you. You see, this, this word here describes divine power that has been fashioned together and placed inside of a vessel. And guess who that vessel is? It's us. It's you. It's you. You. We are this vessel that God has fashioned together. You are created to hold this kind of power and strength. It blows my mind when I think about that, that God, as he formed me in my mother's womb, as he created me, not only did he create me to live and to breathe and to be used by him, to worship him, he created me in such a way that I can hold, I can have the capacity to hold such power. The strength of a vast army can be placed on the inside of me. And so when I think about us receiving God's Spirit, when we give our life to Him and surrender to Him, we receive the Spirit. And oftentimes we just think, well, that's just a, a guarantee of our faith. That's just a deposit. God wants us to know that He's near to us. And we can forget or maybe not even know the power that resides inside of us, what God is actually giving us. And so when He says, be strong, and He uses this imperative, He's letting us know that that strength does not reside on the outside of us. It's not our own works and how much we can lift, but he places it on the inside of us. Do you realize today the power that is on the inside of you? The Bible is clear that that, that power that's on the inside of you is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. Well, we know that the Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead, and so when the Holy Spirit lives in us, we have that same power. The good news about this is that it's the Lord's, it's not ours, so it's his to give. So I didn't earn it. I don't deserve it. He's freely pouring that out. And that, that means that it doesn't matter how I am right now. That in this moment right now, the good news to us is that we can be weak. We can be broken. We can be hurt. We can feel like we are inadequate to receive this power, but God gives it to us anyway because it's not on our own accord. It is on his accord. And so we see that this word strong right here means that God is, is, is building an army, placing it on the inside of you so that you can be strong in him. In him. It's in the Lord. What does in the Lord mean? Well, that means that all this resides, is packaged in Jesus Christ. And that we, we, we've been seeing this some 44 times, I think it is, Paul says, in Christ through the book of Ephesians. Like we're seeing this, that we, as we are in him, he is our covering. As we are found in Christ, as we reside in him, as, as John would say, abide in Christ. As we abide in him, then we, we will be in Christ. As we're close to him, as we're near to him, we abide in him. And so we remain in him. And when we do this, we receive one of these spiritual blessings. It's power. It's strength in the Lord. And so I want to give us a couple of quick practical tips because as we talk about this, your mind can go, well, how do I know if I am in the Lord? 
How do I know if I'm abiding in him? What does that look like practically in my life? Because I want to demonstrate that. I want to live that out. Well, real quickly, I would encourage us by saying if, how to be strong in the Lord, number one, would be rely on God. Rely on God. Now, you might say, well, I'm a follower of Christ. Yeah, I rely on him. But how often do we see our faith, our spiritual strength, how often do we see it weak? and fail us, and we fall because we're maybe relying on somebody else or relying on something else other than relying on God. Paul, as he wrote, he said, man, in my weakness, Christ is strong. It's not my power, it's God's power. So I'm relying on Him. I am submitting to Him. I'm I'm simply trusting Him. When we say that I am relying on God, it means that He has my full trust. I am trusting him. Proverbs tells us about it in Proverbs chapter 3. Very popular passage of scripture. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's relying on him. I'm relying on him with all my heart, everything that I have, and do not lean on your own understanding. Don't be strong on yourself. Don't lean on your own self. Don't be you're physically strong or think you've got it together. No, no, no. In all your ways, acknowledge him. So lean on him and he will make your path straight. Don't be wise in your, <clears throat> in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil, and it will be healing to your flesh. When we're strong in the Lord, it's healing to us. He heals our wounds. He binds them up. And refreshment to your bones. Our bones get strong as we're strong in the Lord. So I show my trust in him by leaning on him. So as we face these battles that Ephesians 6 tells us about, As we engage in this, we've got to rely on God. We've got to lean on His strength and not our own. And if we're being honest, we're good at relying on our own strength when it comes to the things of this world. Our careers, our family, our marriage, everything that we do. We're like, I don't need nobody. I'm independent. I can stand on my own two feet. I can rely on myself. I can do this. I can stand firm. I can accomplish something. But the moment we start talking about spiritual stuff, faith things, all of a sudden our legs get weak and it falls out from under us and we don't know how to stand. And before too long, we find our spiritual strength in somebody else. And we begin to lean on somebody else to support us spiritually. I want to show you what I mean by this. Uh, Howard, would you help me up here? Y'all give it up for Howard as he comes. Let me see, Howard. Let's, I think you, most people can see me right here. Okay. It's obviously, physically, he's stronger than me. All right? But spiritually, this is the picture of so many people as they lean on other people. So this right here would be a picture of, of me leaning on Howard, right? This is a great photo opportunity. All right? <laughs> so I am leaning on him. Okay? He is holding me up spiritually he's holding me up and that grip is tight man you got this okay and so here's the problem when we lean on other people for our spiritual strength if Howard moves I fall so if Howard goes this way I'm I'm gonna fall you gotta be stronger than that man you gonna hold me up so this is a picture of us so many so many of us spiritually is that we don't know how to stand on our own two feet in faith, in Christ, do the things that he's called us to do. And so we're leaning on somebody else. We're leaning on our mother, on our spouse, on our friend to hold us up spiritually. 
to make sure that we can get through the battle, to make sure that they're trying to fight the battle themselves and they're having to carry you along with them because we don't know how to stand spiritually. And so you, you put your faith in somebody like your pastor and you're leaning on your pastor for spiritual strength. Humans, though, they fail. Humans, they move. And so what happens when your pastor fails? You fall. What happens when your pastor makes a stupid decision? You fall. What happens when your pastor decides to do something he shouldn't do? You fall and you leave the faith. Because we're not, we're not standing strong on our own two feet. And so today I believe for so many in the house that this right now is your current position. That you're leaning on other people to get you through spiritually. And what we're learning today to be strong in the Lord means that God has given me my own ability to stand. I am now a vessel, a container, and I can stand strong. And it's not on my own accord. It's not because I am strong. It's because he is strong. That I am placed on the solid rock. That he is my firm foundation. And so I can stand strong in the face of adversity because I'm in him. That's good. Does that makes sense. Thanks, Howard. And so we're not leaning on somebody else. Today we're getting strong spiritually ourselves as we are in Christ. As we're strong in him, then we can rely, as we rely on him and trust in him, then we can walk out the life that God has for us. And so today, we are going from this leaning and dependency on other people, this resting on somebody else, to standing firm, as Paul commands us to do. Because we are the vessel that God wants to use to make strong. We are the vessel that God wants to put his power in. And so I rely on God for my spiritual strength. I don't rely on somebody else. Number two, I can also do this right here. When I rely on him, that positions me, number two, to wait on God. Wait on God. I become strong in the Lord when I wait on him. Now maybe you've heard the popular passage of if those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength, right? God's going to renew your strength if you wait on him. And it's so very easy for us to think, well, well wait, okay, I'm going to fold my arms up and I'm going to sit here idle and not do anything. And then God's just going to renew my strength. Because I'm waiting, God. But that word is not passive. It's not I'm idling by. That word is active. That I am actively doing something. Uh, matter of fact, that word means that I am looking for. That I am hoping for. That I am expecting something. And so if you're waiting on the Lord, then you're expecting God to show up. If you're hoping that he's going to come through, you're looking for him to move in this situation, to renew that strength. And so he has my attention. And so we can never get strong in the Lord if we're not looking for him to move, if we're not expecting him to move. And so if we want to be strong today, we've got to increase our level of expectation that God's going to come and do what he said he's going to do. And so we've got to expect him to do that. And so when I wait on the Lord, I'm positioning myself. It's positioning myself in such a way that I'm looking, I'm focused, I'm trusting, trusting on Him, I'm leaning on Him and nothing else around me. He has my attention. As we, uh, this past week, got to go to a missions thing, uh, we were at this missions uh, event, and there we were learning about the Bible and how the early scribes, how they would write, they would translate the text, handwritten text, and they had a verse that they would put before them. And it was to keep their heart right, to, to make sure that they were always in the right frame of mind. And the verse said, I set the Lord before me. I set the Lord before me. 
And that's what we're doing. If we want to be strong in the Lord in every situation, we set him before me. God, I'm setting you before me. I'm relying on you. I'm trusting on you. I'm waiting for you to move. So that's how we wait on the Lord. That's how we receive the strength. And then we see the second part of Ephesians chapter 10. Look with me in verse 10. Not only are we to be strong in the Lord, but he says, in the strength of his might. Now Paul switches gears. The strength of his might is a demonstrative strength. So now he's saying, you're going to take what's internal in you that God has placed in you, and now it's going to be expressed outwardly. And so this internal strength is now going to be flowing through the people. And so he tells us that this is an outward demonstration of this inward power that you have been infused with, created to hold. And so because we're strengthened in the Lord and his strength, his might is going to come out in us. The mighty God that we serve is going to be evident through the life of his people. And so if we want to show people how mighty our God is, it's going to be demonstrated through you and me, that we're going to live out this power. Paul told us about living out this power in 1 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verse 1, Paul says, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And when I was with you in weakness, remember, he's not phys- I'm weak, in fear, in much trembling, and my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom. It wasn't expressed in what I know, in my strength, but it was in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in human wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And so Paul said, I'm coming to you weak, not leaning on my own ability, not leaning on my own strength, because when I'm weak, Christ is strong. And I want to come to you and live a life and preach a gospel to you in such a way that you don't put your faith in me. That you're not leaning on me. That when you need spiritual strength, you're not all hugged up on me. No, no, I came with a weakness so that God can flow through me. That his power could be demonstrated through me. So that you'll put your faith in a strong and a mighty and a powerful God. And that's what he's called each and every one of us to do. is to demonstrate this faith. That it's not only inward, but it's outward. And so we see in our notes that the Holy Spirit works through us. You're a vessel. He works through you to demonstrate this strength. And so it is our purpose to allow him to flow through us. We want to demonstrate the power of God in our life. If we're going to put on this full armor of God, if we're going to be demonstrative, if we're going to fight this battle, we've got to be strong in him. And we've got to allow him then to take that power that he's placed in inside of us and use that power, flow through us, be full of the Holy Spirit, be used by God. And I, and I think that Paul, as he wrote this, was actually writing this as a reminder to the church at Ephesus. Because this wasn't Paul's first encounter with the church. Matter of fact, when Paul first encountered the church at Ephesus in Acts chapter 19, When he established this church, it was a church of power. There were signs and wonders. There were demons being cast out of people. There were people that were practicing occult things, and they were burning their books. They were coming to the faith. Miracles and signs and wonders were were happening through Paul. And so this was a church established on power. And so if they would have kept that power, Paul would not have needed to write to them about this power. 
But see, I think that they lost that power along the way. And we get a taste of it in Revelation when Jesus addresses this church. He says, I have this one thing against you. He says, you lost your first love. Well, if you were to look up that word lost there, that means that they just let go. They let go of it. They had something, and they let go of it. They were so strong spiritually that they could fight, but then they got weak and they dropped the weapons. They let go because they lost the power. And so God is encouraging them. Paul's Paul's encouraging them again to keep this flame going, that you've got power on the inside of you, and it's up to you to use that power. It's up to you to, to fan that flame, to stoke that fire, that don't let it be snuffed out. May we not be a church that it's, the power of God is snuffed out, but that we fan into flame the, the calling of God on our life, that we, that we use that power in a demonstrative way that such miracles, signs, and wonders happen, that people would come and they would see the power of God, they would give their life over to Him. And so just as Paul is reminding them, I feel like God is reminding us that today you've been given this power. You've been given it. You're a vessel to hold it. Are you using that power? Is it demonstrated in your life? When you talk to people, when you minister to people, when you serve people, in your marriage, in your family, at your work, are you operating in the demonstration of the Spirit's power? That every day, We can walk in such a powerful way, in such a strength from the Lord, that we can show people His might. So ask yourself, are you showing off His might, His strength, or your strength, your might, your abilities? You see, Paul is challenging them. He's commanding them as soldiers to be strong, to demonstrate this faith. That we don't want to end up in Revelation chapter 2 where God says, I have this against you. You've forsaken your first love. You let go of it. You lost it. You once had it, but now you don't have it anymore. And so we must be strong to fight this fight. We can't get weak and drop the weapons. You see, that's how the devil attacks. He waits for us to get weak. And when we're weak, we drop our armor, we drop our weapons, and then suddenly there's a surprise attack in our life. He hits our weak spot. He hits when we're the weakest. He's hitting you with that addiction you can't break when you're at your weakest point. He's coming to you in the, in the darkness of night, late at night, when you're weak. And he's trying to get you to give in. He's attacking your family in areas that you're weak. And so maybe for you, that's an area of marriage. Strengthen your marriage because he sees that it's weak. Maybe for you, that's your own personal devotion with the Lord. See that as a sign of, I'm weak in that area. I need to get strong in power and His might. Maybe for you it's serving other people. That maybe is a weak spot. Get, get strong in that. All of us need to understand that we are soldiers, commanded by God to be strong in Him, not in our own might. And we don't have to do this ourselves, but God has given us the Holy Spirit of power, that we can walk in power, that as we walk, as we serve Him, signs and wonders will accompany those who believe. And today I want to see signs and wonders and miracles working through you, through His people. I want so much signs and wonders and miracles to flow through you that people will give their life to Jesus, that they won't rest their faith in human wisdom and what we have to say, but in the power of God. Today is the day where we receive the strength 
to be used by God and people see the power of God flowing through our life. If you want that today, would you bow your heads with me? We're going to go to God and ask for that strength. Father, in this moment right now, we're bowing before you because we are in Christ. We're not in ourself. We're not in our own strength, our own ability. We want to be found in you. And Lord, as though we right now might be weak physically, maybe even tired because of all that we have to do, I don't want us to grow weak spiritually. I want us to be strengthened in you. And so today I rely on you. I trust in you. I'm not leaning on somebody else. I'm not leaning on my own understanding. I'm leaning on you today. I'm trusting in you today. And Father, as I do that, I'm positioning myself in a way that I can wait upon you. I can wait for you. I'm expecting you to move. God, this power has been put inside of me through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the same power that raised Christ from the dead. It's the same power that lives in me. It's resurrection power. It's healing power. It's delivering power. And so, Father, I thank you for that power. And, Lord, I want to access it right now by faith because I'm found in Christ. It's mine for the taking. And just like salvation is a gift, just like freedom is a gift, right now the power of the Holy Spirit is a gift. And Father, I want to be like the church in Acts that that waited on you to receive that power. I want to be like the church in Acts that after they received that power, two chapters later, they needed a fresh feeling of that power. God, would you come right now afresh and anew and fill your children of today. For those who are spiritually weak in this house, those who can't stand on their own two feet, today is the day by the power of the Holy Spirit that you begin to renew them, God. Renew their strength. Fill them with power. Fill them with love. Fill them with what you have for them, God, so they can operate in signs and wonders and miracles, God, that everything that they touch would be a testimony of God healing and God moving and God working, God. We thank you, Father, that you have empowered your people. And so now we, as your people, full of the Holy Spirit, we're going to walk it out today. We're going to live it out today. We thank you for that. And, Father, as we now are receiving that power, as our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, We can't receive anything from you until we surrender to you. We give our life to you. God, it's great to hear about all these spiritual blessings that are found in Christ. It's great to hear of this power, of of these weapons, of this armor. But God, none of it's available until I myself surrender my life to you. And so, Father, in this house today, I want to talk to those people that are here and they've not surrendered their life to Christ. I'm talking about fully, your whole heart. You're you're not trusting in the Lord with all your heart, as Proverbs 3 says. And you're here in this room today, not by accident, but because God wants to have an encounter with you today. And in this moment right here, you realize that your next step before you can get strong, before you can pick up weapons and fight, is I need to surrender to Him. Make Him Lord of my life. If that's you today and you're in the house, we're not going to embarrass you. We're going to pray for you in just a moment. All together, we're all going to pray. But right now, I want you to take a bold step of faith and you would say, today's my day. This is my first step of being strong. I'm surrendering to the Lord. If that's you today, would you lift up your hands and say, that's me. I'm surrendering to Christ. I see your hand, sir. 
Anybody else? I'm surrendering to him. Today is my day to surrender to the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hands down if you'll stand all together today. We're going to pray as we move into a response time. We just reflected on what we heard. We allowed God to begin to do things. Now we're going to respond. And we respond a a couple of different ways. We respond in worship. Some of us will find a place in the altar to pray and to worship before the Lord. Others will respond to our prayer team. They'll be along these side walls on both sides. They've been interceding this whole service for you. And so if you have a need in your body, a need in your life, you need God to touch you in such a supernatural way, the Bible says you can call on the elders of the church that we can touch and agree. They want to do that for you. If you surrendered your life to Christ today, if today was your day to surrender, it doesn't matter if you raised your hand or not, the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I would encourage you to go to our prayer team. Let them know I'm surrendering to Christ today. They're going to pray with you, celebrate with you. They have a Bible for you, New Believers God. They want to partner with you on this faith journey because you don't need to do it alone. You need each other. And so I'd encourage you, if you have a need in your life or you just surrender to the Lord, your life, you gave him your life, respond to the prayer team today. And all of us together, we're going to worship the Father because he's given us power. And so, Father, we thank you for this right now. We're moving into a time where your children respond. And we're right now expecting you to move, God. We're looking for you to move and to heal people today. There are people in this house that have physical sickness. And, God, we're expecting you to heal them today for a testimony of the power of God. God, we're expecting you today to heal marriages and restore them today. God, we're expecting you, God, to move in in, in the lives of children today as their parents are grieving wayward children. God, we're expecting you to move. God, we're expecting a demonstration of your power today to move in such a way that people would surrender to you and give you all honor and give you all the glory. And Father, we thank you for what you're doing in this place right now. We increase our level of expectancy and we thank you that you're about to move. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, let's worship together.